You're listening to The Whole Testament, a podcast putting the Old and New Testaments back together. In this episode, we join Dave and his brother Jim to catch up on their delicious discussion on what surrounds the tabernacle in the ongoing series, Surrounded by Holiness. So this uh, entree is in the series, um, Surrounded by Holiness, and Man, we're going to really talk about the holiness of God. And so one of the things, I think we've alluded it, I've alluded to it in a previous episode, um, just the as I studied, the layers, the separation, that becomes evident in all of the scripture. And so just as a, just to start, we're just going to start there. We thought we'd just start there, just to get the big picture of separation in the scriptures. Um, it starts all the way back in the Eden. Mm-hmm. So it says, in Eden, in the, God put a garden in the center, okay? So we often think of Eden as the garden, but it's not. It's the garden is placed in Eden, the land of Eden. And so you have Eden, then you have the land of Eden, and then it says God planted a tree in the center of the garden. And so we've got three layers, Eden, the garden, the tree in the land of Eden is separated into three layers. Then we also have um, another set of three, The uh, when the children of Israel get to Mount Sinai, um, which is, in some of the rabbinics and stuff, a representation of the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. the presence where the place where God chooses to dwell, which we talked about a little bit in previous episodes. Um and so Mount Sinai is like the place God comes down amongst his people. And in that story of Mount Sinai, you have the people surrounding the mountain. Then you have a section half, uh, somewhere around halfway up that the 72, like there's 72 elders that get to go up a little bit after the golden calf, I think, and all that. The 72 elders go up and have a meal, and it says they saw God, yeah. which is crazy yeah so so you've got the people then you've got halfway there's a group of people but not everybody gets to go and then only moses was able to go all the way to the top so joshua goes a little bit further yeah. but it doesn't say where joshua stopped right. yeah that's but he was waiting too. yeah yeah he didn't go up in the cloud no yeah and so you have this like three stages or three levels where people, it's like you can only, you, these group of people can only go this far, these group of people can only go this far, and only these people or this person can go all the way up. And so when we get to the tabernacle, which is yeah. what we're studying, um, we also have that same, like the tabernacle and the temple have different layers of levels, which you can get in. Um, we talked about the way the tribes were yep. stationed around the tabernacle. Uh, you had three tribes, three tribes, three tribes, three tribes, and then you had the tribe of Levi. So you have everybody. Then you have Levi surrounding the tabernacle, and then inside to go all the way in, you only had certain members of the tribe of Levi that could go in, the priest family, Aaron's family. Mm-hmm. Um which is, again, separation. It's like layers, levels of holiness. It's like God's painting a picture of layers of holiness that separate out. There's distinction. There's distinction. Yep. Um, You also have um, 
the priestly, like just even with the Levites, you have the Levites, then you have the priests, the Kohens, and then you have the Kohen Hagadol, the high priest. So there's three different layers of, you know, not all the Levites could just go in, you know, only even like with the tabernacle when they're moving it, they're, the tribes of Levi are stationed around. Even the way they're stationed around the right. tabernacle is layers of holiness. At the entrance was Aaron. Then you had, I don't know, Marari. I don't remember the names. Kohath. Kohath and... Oh, wow. <laughs> should look that one up, but it doesn't matter. So you have the... Le- and these... these these people here, you know, some, one set, one group of the tribe of Levi, there were three families, and then Aaron's family had to carry, like, the outside yeah. parts of the tabernacle the when they moved. and the poles. And the, These yeah. people were responsible for the articles in the outer part, you know, the, the altars and things like that. These people got to carry the, the main Ark of the Covenant, like the holy things, but they couldn't... They couldn't go in. Aaron had to go in and cover everything up. Yeah. Before they could even get in. Yeah, and I was trying to look. I probably won't be able to find it real quick because I think that distinction. If I remember correctly, uh, I'm not finding it real quick. I I think the the Cora. Uh huh. Cora was the other one. I think Cora's tribe had the Ark. I may be wrong on that. We should maybe something we could fact check. And and so when he's when he's coming against Moses and Aaron, it's like, man, you you have the highest, most prestigious part. You're carrying the ark. You're the, as close in as you can get, and yet you're still like demanding I more. more. I want to be that position. I'm as holy as you are. Yeah, Aaron. Why do you? Why are you the the Cohen Hagadol? Why are you the high priest? I'm as holy as you. Yeah. And Aaron's like, well, let's let God decide. <laughs> let Moses, God. Moses is like, let's let God decide. Yeah, we'll see who's holy and yeah. who's not. God will separate out. God will separate out who is holy. And even in that scenario, so you've got Aaron who's allowed to go in. Aaron's family, the Kohen, the priest family, but in the priestly family, you've got people who aren't even allowed. Like his sons, Nadab and Abihu, mm-hmm. go in where they're not supposed to go and offer strange fire or incense to God. Like they're so, the way the rabbis say, they're so caught up in the worship of the moment that they're like, I want to draw in and just worship. I want to get in there. And and they are snuffed out. That kind of goes back to our dessert where it's like, it's not what I think or I feel in the worship of God. And they'd have an Avai who felt a certain way, thought this is the right way to do it and took that fire and uh, took that incense in and, and, give their lives for it. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean one of the things that I think is important as we as foundational as we're starting to talk about this is to understand we'll probably use this word distinction uh quite a bit because the the scripture is flooded with distinction, mm-hmm. right? I mean these these layers we're talking about are specific uh images and patterns within Eden and within the Sinai and within the tabernacle and within the temple and and we'll see what we'll talk more about what that means. But there's like distinction night and day distinction. Mm-hmm. There's um, you know, geography, north, east, southwest distinction. And I was thinking about as we were talking about this, just how we we often um, come at the distinctions in the Bible with, yeah, but that's no longer. Since Jesus, that's no longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet in our lives, 
we are we are setting up similar distinctions. So as we're talking about just like entering into the tabernacle, I was thinking about just in my house before we were coming. I'm just like looking out the window or something, thinking about this. I'm like, wait a minute. Out there, I've got the road. Like that's the public area. That's the common area anybody can go into, mm-hmm. and that's the road. And then there's a point at which that public space crosses into, now you're in my space, uh-huh. right? This is my yard. Um, and so people could just come in there, right? I mean, if they wanted to, I guess people could just come in there. But there's a, there's a risk and an assumption they're making in that coming into yeah. that, particularly yeah. where I am out in the country on a farm. I mean, there's a risk and an assumption of coming into there that I'm going to allow them to be there, right? Right, or if they're coming in and they don't care if I allowed, then they're violating something. Even there's laws about this, right? But, but they, then there's also you host a wedding for a bunch of people you don't know, and you've invite. So now they're allowed to be in this space, yes, because they have your permission. Because they get permission, even though there's not a real relationship there, right? Yeah, like well, the UPS driver yeah. coming to drop off Amazon, right? He can come up into he can come off that public area into my property and set the box down right mm-hmm. but then okay that's the extent go. of your welcome yeah. now you got to go but the ups guy is not coming in my living room right right so there's like the public the street right and then into my yard and then onto my porch that's another level mm-hmm. onto my porch is another level the pizza delivery guy i'm gonna go out and meet him he's not coming up on my porch no. right i'm going out to meet him well because you know <laughs> you're rude you're not very to, i'm gonna make it easy for him <laughs> trying to make it easy for him uh, so I just go out and meet them and greet them. How you doing? I bring right? the guy in. We have a slice. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, why am I doing? I hope he tips well. Uh, but I, you know, letting somebody up onto the porch, then inviting somebody into the house. Maybe they sit in my living room, and maybe in your house you have a den or family room or something that, like, you know, your friends go into there, but not everybody goes right. into there. And then there's my my bedroom. Right. Like the UPS guy's not coming to sit on the pizza guy's not coming to sit on my bed and have a slice and watch some Nate Bargatze comedy or something, right? <laughs> right. That's not happening. So hey, we have that distinction. <laughs> hey, bear. We have that distinction even in our lives, and I think as we approach the scripture and as we talk about this today, um, we want this for our homes, and trying to see that that thing that's built inside of us is a God give is a spark of the eternal and what God has designed for uh, us, our lives in this planet. It's communicating something, that distinction, those levels, that intimate steps forward into the closeness and the relationship with God, I think is important for us to see. So if, if we can, at some point, let's, let's, un- let's unpack the. Well, and just even in that, you know, you, it doesn't stop in, in the old part, the Old Testament, right. you know, because we really struggle. <laughs> like Paul says, he has come to the Jew first and also the Gentile. Like Jesus says, I think to the woman, the yeah, Syrophoenician woman, the I didn't come for the dogs. <laughs> Jesus calls her a dog, uh, which is like... A people group, a dog. Yeah, mm. it's... Um, that's not politically correct, you know? Yeah. Paul, Jew first, also the Gentile. Yeah. And even in Revelation, I think you're going to read from Revelation, there's, there's distinction, there's separation at the very end of the text. Well, I'm, I think um, you're talking about Revelation 21, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, so, 
so this is Revelation 21. Actually, I want to jump back here. Just as this section starts in my Bible, it's got a heading, the New Jerusalem, the Bride of the Lamb. But just down from that, this, this gets me, Dave. I think we need to talk about this sometime. It says, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of seven last plagues came and said to me, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And what I was saying earlier, when, we were get, when you were setting this stuff, I was like, oh, I think there's something here because after this, it doesn't talk about the people. Come, uh, this is just a as emerging thought. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And then it talks about measure out the city. Oh, It's talking about the city. So it's like, and when it's like, these are the generations of Jacob, Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. It's something we, we believe, and I think it's true because scripture says it elsewhere, that the bride, his bride, I mean, if you, if you go to any church on Sunday and say, the, the bride, bride of, of the lamb or bride of Christ, it's the church, it's the people, it's, the, it's Israel yeah. in, in other contexts. But here, it doesn't say, all of 21 into 22, it doesn't talk about it the people. It doesn't talk about the bride. The people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and he carried away in spirit, mountain great high, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. That's the next sentence. I will show you, and the thing he shows is the holy city. So anyway, that's another- That's something to flush out. That is something to dig into. So go ahead and dig into that. Send an email to the whole, the testament, whole testament at gmail.com. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, we need Fred. The whole testament <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> But here's the part. So, so that section we're talking about, and the the angel is showing him the new Jerusalem, uh, the new place of God's dwelling. Uh, we talked in a prior podcast about the importance of Jerusalem. God's eyes are on Jerusalem all the, um, every day, all time, twenty four hours a day. So here's the new Jerusalem, and we get down to twenty two, um, and it says, "I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple." And I think that's an important point to note as we're talking about this. Yeah, because we have, like like we were saying, Eden is the representation of what is supposed to be, yep. right? The people of God in the presence of God. There's no temple in, the, in Eden. Right. There's no separation, really. It's God and the people. There's yep. no separation. It's not until they decide to move away yep. from God's presence that now there is separation. They try to become God, like God. And so create separation. And then the rest of the story is God trying to put his presence, figure out how to put his presence in, in the midst of his people, but there has to be separation. So all through you have it in the Sinai, the temple, the tabernacle, in Ezekiel, it, it's talking about the temple that is still to come. So there's still a future temple where God says, I will put my presence and yeah. dwell amongst my people in Jerusalem, there's still separation. If you read the thing, there's yep. still separation. There still there's still the dividing between the holy and the holy of holies. Like yep. that, we talk about the curtain that was torn and so now there's no longer separation. We can go in, but in the temple to come, that there's separation. there. Yeah, it's, there's it's even there. like a certain gate, only the prince can go sit in yes, that gate. Yes. Nobody else better go and in that gate. And only on Shabbat. Nobody only can on. go through, like only on the Sabbath. You know, an inter another interesting one that we haven't <laughs> talked about on that, why are you like, I just, it's, we could go, I mean, it's just the thoughts, like the So yeah, so that, we're hitting record and we're just going. Just go. Another interesting one about that piece is in Ezekiel's, if you go in this gate. You have to go out that gate. You go out that gate. But if you come in this side. If you come in that side, <laughs> you go out that side. So it's just like, 
it, it's not like just you the hallway too. I like, think I think like the picture is don't turn your back. Yeah, once you're coming into the presence of God, you can't go back to where you came from. You got to keep going that way. You got to go out a different way. You got to keep going straight. Doesn't matter which way you came in. It's not like yeah. that side is the no, exit because the not. people that came in that side are going this way. And there's also like you can picture like this crossing of people too, like the con- the community crossing uh-huh. as the ones who came in that gate go out this way and one. But that's a it's a which is weird. sheer chaos I mean, because at our church we have multiple services. <laughs> so when one gets out, people are and it's just sheer chaos. <laughs> it's just a big mass of chaos. Yeah, you would think if you were doing it in order and like trying to work the crowd, this is the way you come in. This that's is the way, the you, way go you go yeah. out. Right. But yeah, it's interesting. It has nothing to do with it. But then also, even in Revelation before the end, John says, I saw heaven opened and I saw the temple and the Ark of the Covenant was in the Holy of Holies. And so you have the separation even in Revelation. So it's all the way through. You start in the garden. We mess that up throughout the rest of the entire, the, the whole point of the rest of the story is, God is trying to dwell in our midst, but in order to do that, there must be separation until the very, very, very end when the the new Jerusalem, the true Eden comes down. There will be no temple because he is the temple. So when we're looking at this, when we're looking at the separation and we're looking at the Holy of Holies and the holy place and the outer courtyard and then the gate to get into the outer courtyard and all these levels that God has set up, he is the temple. Mm-hmm. This is his picture. He is the temple. So for us to be followers, to say we worship the God of creation, to say, I don't need to read all this stuff because it doesn't matter because that's old, is to say, I don't want to know who you are. Yeah. Well, and I think there's an important point too that even at the end, where we are back in union and back, returned back to the Garden of Eden, right? That imagery of going through the Cherubim into the Holy of Holies, uh-huh. down to where the Tree of Life is, returning back to Eden. The the there is still even in that distinction because I, it, maybe this is part of it, and I hadn't thought about this, and we haven't talked about it. But if you look at the Garden of Eden and the, the fall of Adam, right? The, the, the enemy, the snake comes and the two, he tempts in two ways. He tempts in the Eve looks at the fruit and it's pleasing to the eye. It's like the flesh, the, mm-hmm. the animalistic, I see it, I want it uh, sort of thing. And then the other aspect of, and you will be like God. Mm-hmm. And so, so I've often thought about, there's really just one sin and that sin is where, in my created places, mankind, how God has designed me. God is above me and the animals and creation is below me. I, I am in this position. Mm-hmm. And the two temptations that come in that is step down to be like an animal. It looks good, so take it and eat it. Or step up and be like God. Mm-hmm. I want to be like God and mm-hmm. make the decisions and choices. So in the garden... I think part of that sin is elimination of distinction. Changing position. And, you know, as we just say that, there's three levels there too. There's God, the divine. There is mankind put over the creation. And so there's even in that three levels of distinction. So part of this may be God continuing to try to communicate to us, hey, you tried to eliminate the distinction. Yeah. 
You tried to merge together the creation, man, and the divine, and look over and over and over and over and over. You are not God. And you also are not an animal. Yeah. Um, and so at the end, when we are at that place and they, God and the lamb are the temple, we are still not God. Yeah. We are still not the temple. And, and there so there's is still, distinction. And there's, so there is still God, there is still the people, and then there are still, there's the third level, those outside. Yeah, yeah. So doesn't it say something in there? Don't you have a verse in there too about that? Yes. Uh, 21, I think it's in 21. Yeah, I was in 21. Give me a second. Let me find where that is. No, I think it's in 22. It's the gates. Outside the gates. I'm sorry. I just chucked that at you. I thought that's where you were going earlier, and that wasn't there. So, yeah, here it is. Um, yeah, so it, it, I just stopped at the temple. So continuing on from there in verse 23, uh, we'll read a little bit extra. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light. Okay, so stop eliminating distinction of day and night. Hmm. There's, there's no more night. And the lamb is the lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. Okay, so there's a, there's a earth area. Kings are bringing splendor into this, the holy city, the temple. On no day will its gates ever be shut. Their gates... No day will the gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. Again, that's the elimination of day and night. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Here's the verse I think you're talking about. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Yeah, and mine says, but nothing unclean will ever enter it. Yeah. So I think... Is this where we're going to take a deeper yeah, look at? so this is just the intro to say, okay, here's a distinction. Here's the importance. This is a picture of who God is, and so we need to know why. So here, why? Why does it matter? Why does the temple matter? Why does the understanding the levels of separation and the holiness of God, how does it affect us? Yeah. And so... What we're going to do is get a little bit nerdy here and look at some distinctions mm. in the language mm-hmm. that is different from what we may understand. So it says nothing unclean. Uh, Mine said impure. Earlier, Jim was suggesting we go through a, hey, here's how you use your blue letter Bible or here's how you search these words. Here's how you should approach the scripture. Yeah, because we can't, like neither of us can read our text without having access to the to the language, you know, Blue yeah. Letter Bible gives it to you for free. Yeah. Well, I mean, you should donate probably because they're crowdfunded. Yeah. Just a just a pause on that. I don't ever. There's not a day. I read the scripture every day. I love to read the scripture. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do more of reading that. Uh, but there's there's not a day that I'm reading a section of scripture and don't go, hmm, that I wonder what that is, yeah. and that I wonder what that is is I have become aware in yes. studying that the English language falls short yeah. um, at, at points. People like me have made decisions on certain words. Um, and so sometimes those decisions maybe could have been better <laughs> decisions. And sometimes the words don't, there's something underneath that that has 
I mean, sometimes it's like a bomb goes off. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's like a pot of gold, right? And, yep. and so it's important to not just read through the scripture. Uh, it's important to think about what doesn't make sense. Well, like we just did with like, they come in one way and they go out the other. I think both of us will at some point go back and say, I need to find that scripture. Or the bride. Or the bride. Yeah, Why does so it we say both the bride? Just are like, yeah. So the best, we got to do a different podcast on that. But the most significant study tool that you have is is the ability to ask questions. Amen. So you read something, you should start asking questions. Amen. And this podcast, hopefully that's one of the things that yeah. I'm trying really hard to do is to point these things out because the more you see the little things, the more you're, you're able to look for them on your own and then begin to ask better questions. Yeah. So it's really all about the questions. Yeah, so I, I play on the, the uh, worship team at our congregation and the guy who leads that is a phenomenal I mean, just brilliant musician. Shout out to Andrew and uh, Gudgeon. But just brilliant. And so we can play things, and I won't pick up on some dissonance. Like the other day, it was like B, and I was playing B flat on the bass. (laughs) (laughs) I did that. (laughs) And I don't... I don't don't hear well enough. You know, with everything... (laughs) I I play bass. It's weird. We both didn't play bass. Now we both play bass at our places we attend. And I played an... In a rehearsal, though, an entire bridge. It was a rehearsal for me, too. In an entire bridge. A half, because on the bass, it's just positions. It's not a half a step off. And everybody on the stage is looking at me, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> well, I wasn't that bad. It was only one mode. Uh, but I played it. In the pre- it was in rehearsal, too, and I didn't hear it. And then we stopped, and he's like, yeah, the only thing is, like, something was off on that beat. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh, I was playing the flat. Yeah. But see, that the, he's so attuned yeah, he hears it. that he hears that dissonance. And he's mm-hmm. like, something isn't right there. And I think we get there. And the more that you like slow down, stop, and think about things and dig into things, the more attuned you will get too as you read like, there's something else here. And in this place, impure, unclean is one of those places. Yeah. And so we're going to try. This is one of the things. We think this is a key. This is key. This is important. And hopefully we can adequately explain it Mm. as we've hashed through it earlier. Um, So I would like you to turn to the book of Acts. Do that. I don't know where it is. Eight? No. Let me find it. That's Stephen. Ten. Acts chapter 10. Man, you beat me. Yep, 10. I don't need a computer. I got a Bible. No. Um, Acts chapter 10. Um, this is the story of Peter and the sheet, and we're not going to break that down. We would like to because I think it's one of the f- misunderstood passages. It's in 100%. Well, yeah. Was that well? Yeah. yeah Every time is. I talk to people about this and start talking about some of the the oh, Torah, we're not gonna talk about it. the Torah with <laughs> the Torah within uh, our within the New Testament, how you balance those two. This scripture this is, is one, one of, of the, the ones. It's almost always quoted, so it's, it is. It's an important yeah. one. It's a big, big deal. I think it gets misunderstood for this reason that we're going to talk about, but we're not going to break down this chapter. Yeah. All we're going to do is read. 
Acts 10, 14. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Mm -hmm. We don't understand what Peter is saying. Mm -hmm. In the Western American concept of our scriptures, we think common and unclean are synonyms like tissue and Kleenex. You give me a Kleenex, sure. Will you give me a tissue? Sure. We both know, we feel like that's the same word with different words. But these are two completely, completely different words. Yep. What are they? <laughs> you don't know? We just you got to stop. I do. I know okay. it's koinos and akathartos or uh, something yeah, like that. So I figured yep. you could say them better than I could. Okay. I didn't want to. I get it wrong. I am certain that is wrong as well. I still don't know if it's chiasm or chiasm, but... I don't either. It is. I mean, in Eng, the English spelling in the Blue Letter Bible for how to pronounce the word that is translated common, actually, is translated common, but also often impure, unclean, unclean. is K-O-I-N-O-S. Koinos. Koinos is how I would say it. Oh, hold on just a second. Strong's G, 2839, Koinos. 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 There you go. You were so Quite wrong. Nice. I was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or that guy's wrong. Who knows? Who knows? But yes, go ahead. So the common, so, why does that okay. matter? The so we have this word here. He, I have never eaten anything common, koinos, or unclean, a cathartos. Two completely different words that mean two completely different things. So yep. if we study our Torah, we know that there are things that are clean and unclean. So God says... Um, pig. pig, for example, pork, pig, or shellfish, or a house with leprosy in the walls, yep. which is a whole nother thing, also. But clean and unclean, there are distinctions between the two. Um, something that is unclean is off limits, it is not allowed. You're not allowed to have access to this ever. You can also then have another distinction, which is something that is initially clean, mm -hmm. so I could have a bowl of soup and a lizard could fall into my soup. Pre-lizard, my soup is clean. Post-lizard, my soup is now defiled or common. So the word common is a distinction of something that is allowable, but has become um, no longer set apart. Like what, what God wants from us, he's like, after all the food laws, this is clean, this is unclean, this is clean, this is unclean. At the end, he says, he caps it all off with, be ye holy, therefore, as I am holy. Mm -hmm. So there's a spiritual thing in the Old Testament going on with food, and it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. It was the food. Yeah. It was food they ate. That's, and it may not be the food, but it could be the disobedience behind the action that causes the separation. But either way, it's like these are things that help make you holy. These are things that make you unholy. And so we can have a holy item like a perfectly good bowl of soup that all of a sudden has now become defiled because a lizard and unholy, uh, unclean object has fallen into it and makes it now what was clean is now common. Mm. 
And so it sometimes says, like, an animal that dies of itself, um, if we come across a deer that's dead in the woods, you know, maybe somebody shot it the day before and they didn't find it and it fell dead of its own. That could be, or maybe it ate something, a poison, and now it's dead on its own. We don't know, but when we come across a deer, which would normally be a clean animal that we could eat, if it's died of its own, is no longer clean, it is now common, and now we ha- we can't make use of it, but we could give it to an outsider. You could sell it to a Gentile. Yeah. Yeah. It's because the separation, it's, it's that distinction, distinction of you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and in thus being holy, there are requirements in the way in which you live that keep you holy because once you are defiled, if you are defiled, you now become common or in some situations, you can become unclean. Yeah, and I think it's important. I just totally did nothing to make that any easier. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Dave. <laughs> clear, what did I say? Clear as anyway. Uh, clear as mud. Yep. So I, I think it's. Imp- I think what you're hitting on though is still that thread of distinction. There's mm-hmm. a thread of distinction, and you know, there's a. I should have looked this up, but I didn't know we were going to get here talking about the pig. But there's uh, some a teaching in the rabbis who say when Messiah comes, pig will be, pork will no longer be unkosher. Mm-hmm. Because there will be no unkosher when the Messiah comes and everything is restored, um, and so because so we'll go back to the garden. We'll go back to the garden, vegetarian. and we won't be eating pork. That <laughs> could be the, what it is, um, but still, it's the, it's this idea. It, what I'm trying to communicate with that is like there's a, some of what God commands is specifically going back to the fact that we tried to blur and eliminate distinction, and He's mm-hmm. trying to pull us back out to say no, no, no. There's distinction, and there you have to understand the distinction between what is just normal. And what is set apart. Mm-hmm. And and to your point, like I think for me it's like that's the street. That's the street. That's the public. This this koinos, what do you say? Koinos. 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 This koinos is that's the street. That's the public. That's the place where everybody is. That's the place where everything is. It is not set apart. It is not distinct at all. It's the common. I mean, we we have this term. That's the common area. Right in a yeah. in a building or something or or whatever it might be like that's the that's the area where anybody everybody anything everything exists is in that in the public street yeah and one of the interesting things to note well let me actually I was just pulled up here if you don't mind here's some of the here's some of the uses of of that word so in Mark seven and and we'll hear some different uh, different English translations. Mark 7, 2, they saw some of his disciples ate with hands that were koinos, defiled, that is unwashed. Mark 7, 5, the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of elders, but eat with koinos, defiled hands? Acts 2, 44, this is one that's important. Mm -hmm. All who believed were together and had everything in koinos, common. Acts 4.32, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in koinos. Koinos. And and so these two specifically, and then the next one, actually, I'll just do the next one. We'll come back to this. But Peter said in Acts 10, you were reading, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is koinos or unclean. Akathartos. Akathartos. And so if you go to Acts 
2 and Acts 4, and you say, okay, it's translated unclean, defiled, and all these places. So then these scriptures are saying that the believers, the early group of believers that came together, everybody had everything, and they all shared it and made it all unclean. And it was all defiled. It was all defiled. Bless God. (laughs) That's not what it's saying. So what is it saying? It's saying no distinction. This is what it's saying. No distinction. Your $6,000 in your wallet right now and my nothing but a, a debit card. Whatever, dude. Kidding. I just told you. But like your stuff. It's 7000 Right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now as we're sitting here, uh, this is not my microphone. There's a distinction. I don't own these. Like it's not shared resources that we have. These mm-hmm. will go in your suitcase back to where you are, right? The, we don't. The, so again, it's that... They had everything in common. There's no distinction between my stuff and your stuff. We're pooling it all together as a community. So how does that understanding then translate in Revelation 21 where we say outside yeah, or nothing common will ever enter in? Well, let's just read. Yeah, let's read the placing in this right word here. So it's in Revelation 21. 27. 20, I'm going to start at six. Is that all right? No. 26. The glory and the honor. I'm starting 26. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't the boss of me. I'm older. The glory and the honor. Glory and. So was Jacob. Oh, no. So was Esau. So was Ishmael. So was Manasseh. So was Manasseh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's good. That's really good. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing common will enter into it. Koinos. Koinos. Nothing common will enter into it. Or anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So for me, what it's saying is, even at the end here that we're talking about, there is a <coughs> distinction between the, the undistinct and the distinct. Mm-hmm. So outside the walls, there's still walls. There's a wall... <laughs> massively thick walls in the city, the new city of Jerusalem, where the people of God reside. They can come in. Those whose names are lit, written in the Lamb's Book of Life can come into this amazing city, which, by the way, the foundations, there's 12 foundations all of a different stone. There's 12 gates all the way around. Or is it 24? 12 gates. 12 gates all 12 the way around. gates for the um, tribes. 12 foundations for the disciples. Yeah, for the it says that. Uh, yeah. So it's so even in the visual imagery we're seeing like this distinction and this separation and calling out they aren't merged together in one, you know, right. red floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside the city walls is the place that is where those who continue to hold to, which I don't understand this, how there's the new Jerusalem and there's people outside the walls, but those who continue to hold to merging together and saying there is no distinction. I, I think it's still the soul of the, the fall of the Garden of Eden of stepping down, merging, bleeding down into animalism, bleeding up into divinity mm-hmm. is the is the position of these people. It is not set apart. It is not distinct. It is not entering towards the holiness of God.
So I'm going to read a picture. This is a description of the true, real, um, heavenly, spiritual thing that all of this is pointing toward. This is in Hebrews chapter 9. And chapter 9 starts, the, the title is The Earthly Holy Place. Now, even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. And he begins to talk about there was the first section and there was the second section behind the curtain. So he begins to talk about the distinction yep. of all of those things, um, talking about the priests. And then he says, but we have a high priest. I'm gonna start reading in verse 11 of chapter nine. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent not made with hands, and that is not of this creation. He's talking about the heavenly tabernacle, which is what God showed Moses on Mount Sinai. Yep. Make sure you make it exactly as the one I showed you. So Moses saw it and built the tabernacle. So he's talking about the heavenly tabernacle. And he says, he entered once for all into the holy places, <clears throat> not by means of blood and goats and calves. <clears throat> Excuse me but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. And this is the one I want to pay attention to. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of koinos persons, defiled persons, with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without blemish to God, Purify our conscience mm. from dead works mm -hmm. to serve the living God. What you have here is the book of Hebrews saying there must be distinction. Mm -hmm. There must be separation. You must be purified. He says these things purify. All this earthly stuff purifies the earthly, mm -hmm. the flesh. This is the earth, the flesh. He was like, the blood of bulls and goats and all the things which we will get into when we get into the sacrificial system. And we, chapter or episode four, we talked about the day of atonement and how significant that is and the sin sacrifice. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to re be refreshed on that. But all of these things are significant because they purify the flesh. But there's another separation the purification of the blood of Jesus that purifies the conscience, the soul, the mm. spirit, which mm -hmm. the earthly is unable to do. Mm. And so when we get into Revelation, outside that separation is all, all the people that don't need, feel like they need purification. They don't feel like their conscience is dirty. I personally think the gates are never shut there's nothing, there is nothing to keep them from going in except themselves. Their own choice that says, nah, I'm good. Remember, Cain said it. Nah, I'm good. Lot said it. Well, maybe not. Lot. That's interesting. So they, that's interesting. I've heard some quotes. Maybe you said the quote one time. Maybe you have. I don't know. Of I don't, and I'm not going to get it right. And I don't know who said you it. Said but it. the idea of um, eternity is living the choice you've already made yeah. on Earth. You've already chosen chosen to be separated from God and to not come back. Yeah. It, 
you know, it's people sometimes talk about like, I, well, I used to remember when I was a kid, this is like the sermons about on the deathbed and turn to God, mm-hmm. but you might die today kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, I, th- I don't think that's actually a thing. I think as we continue to lacquer over ourselves, harden our own hearts like Pharaoh did uh, with every time that God relents mm-hmm. and gives us an opportunity to choose his way. Um, and we don't, we just harden and thicken and thicken and thicken and thicken and thicken. And so that could be like now the eternal, this this flip of time happens and we've reached this place and I can't stand to even go close to the wall mm-hmm. of that place. Yeah. Or the gate of that place. Yeah. Right? Um, that's an interesting, it's not that they're prohibited, it's they are repulsed yeah. by. Oh, and those who can go in, those who get to are the ones who are washed, washed and covered yeah. their purified flesh and they're purified in their soul yeah both and there's a distinction every every shabbat you take the juice what's the juice called kiddish what does kiddish mean kodesh or kodesh i don't know how it's actually is i get all forms of variations of the pronunciation at the table <laughs> what does that mean it means set apart it means set apart, set apart, right? Jesus set us apart. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a holy nation. That means we are purified. I have made, and, and here's the thing that is just keeps coming to me, back and back, back and forth, back and forth, because we were just talking last night as we had dinner, like, I'm a bad person sometimes. <laughs> I can get irritated. I can, you know, I just don't get it. Like, I just don't want anybody out there thinking that I got it figured out because I'm just, I'm just like you guys. I'm just like, maybe not. Maybe I'm worse than you, probably. I'm not great. And it's like, so what does that mean? You know, does that not greatness, yet God wants to be in my presence, yet there's this distinction. What does that mean for me? And I just keep coming back to that, the verse in Hebrews. He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Yeah. He's he calls me like he's purified my conscience. Yeah. Yeah. But now he's like all these levels, all these sections, you got to quit you got to come from being way out there. You can't be just out in the nations. Once you were a people and were not a people and now you are a people. Yeah. Here I'm drawing you in. You know, I'm drawing you in until I call you a royal priesthood. So he's he's the priests, man, the ones that are the closest yep. to the tabernacle. Yeah. Well, and even like the non-Jew, the Gentile, right, is is called for you once were separated from the covenants and the promises, but mm-hmm. you now you are part of the right. Commonwealth of Israel. So it's the same You've idea. You've been called out. You've been called out from the nations. I mean, so we are to be called out. We are to be set apart. We are to be holy. Because God says there are there are levels, and you can't like in the passage in Ezekiel where he's like, you can't just move your stuff right up next to yeah. me. Yeah, you can't. This picture that runs all throughout the text of the temple is the temple is God, and God demands holiness. Mm. 
He demands it. It's not like sometimes we say, you know, God can't be around sin because it's not. It's because he can be because he put his presence right in the midst of sinful humanity. He's like, I want to be there in the midst of it. But if you want to be here, you, you have to allow me to make you holy. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, you know, you were just talking about dinner and like, you're a bad person. I'm a bad person too. <laughs> this is a bad person's anonymous. Hi, my name is Jim. I am terrible. Uh, but just talking about like the challenges in my life too, you know, raising kids is hard and my work situation. We talked a little bit about just like my flesh and position, holding my position and all of that kind of stuff and just how challenging it is. Um, but then also just before we did this, it's like, oh, have you, have you seen O Daughters of Zion? And we pull up, I'm going to get choked up. Nope. We pull up. It's okay. uh, You said that. I listened to the Shabbat. (laughs) You said the same thing. Um, We pull up Aaron Schust's O Daughters of Zion video, which after this podcast, go check that out. And it's got, his song is, is the words of God to his people Israel, right? And it's just got the scriptures. It's just scripture after scripture and imagery of the people of Israel coming back to the land. And every time I watch it, like it moves me inside. And I think part of the reason that that, and, and you've maybe felt that in a service sometime or listening to a song or reading a book, there's been those moments, there's moments regularly of like, I feel movement in my soul. I, it, my spirit is just, oh, that's, that just that, oh, and watching that video just now, like right, it was right here and you were standing here, feel it because in that, in that video, God is calling to his people. I will bring you back. I will set you apart. It's the distinction. He's calling us back to the distinction, to that place we were created to be, in communion with him, but recognizing he is God. And recognizing, and he has given me a purpose in his creation. Um, There is holiness, and I'm invited to be a part of that holiness. I'm, I'm invited from the public street, the koinos, the common. He has made a way for me to step by step by step draw closer to him. And so when I see that and just hear the heart of God for his people who have spat in his face, today, the majority mm-hmm. spitting in his face. You go to Tel Aviv, and it's like Las Vegas. Yeah. And you're like, this is the land of Israel. Yeah. How is this possible? These are the people. Yeah. This is the people of the book. How is it possible they're having gay pride marches? You know, and, but God, and in the scriptures, just king after king after king after king, unrighteousness, 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 rejection, 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 all throughout the scriptures. And yet he just continues to woo back. He tells the prophet, marry the woman who's going to be unfaithful to you and yeah. you go buy her, bring her. This is the story of God is like we left. We turned our back on him. 
we said, no, I'm going to be like an animal and what I see and aren't we doing this? What I see in my desires, my flesh, I'm just going to get it. Cell phones and swipes and money and people and immorality, like all of that's the flesh. It's all that moving towards the civilization. Moving it's towards the, the civilization. Story. And and the civilization is we become like God. Yeah. Right? It's the, that's I will Babel. become like it's Babel. I'm going to build a tower up to God. Uh, we can be like God. And so being like God is I'm going to be the boss and empower and everybody's underneath me and everybody needs to do what I say and I'm going to be powerful and people are going to look to me. Like all of those kind of things are just rejection of God's way, eliminating the distinction and the holiness that is upon his name, eliminating the place, saying we don't want to be in the place you've made us to be. I want to be more or I want to be less. And God's heart and his desire and his love for us Oh, daughters of Zion, oh, sons of Abraham, I will bring you back home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have dropped a lot in this conversation, and there's a lot to think about, a lot of scriptures to look at, and Greek words that may or may not make sense, and... I just pray, Heavenly Father, that they would hear nobody would hear anything other than your voice calling us. Come, come on. Come to me. Draw near to my holiness. Be holy as I am holy. Let me show you in the distinction how to be like me. We are unable. But in the words of the writer of the Hebrews in the New Covenant, I will write my laws on their hearts and they will not sin against me. So I just pray, God, that you would just begin to write your laws, your truth, your distinctions on our hearts. Give us the desire to run desperately after your holiness. In your name we pray. Thanks for listening to The Whole Testament. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so share the show with your family and friends. Be sure to leave a rating and review. We're also now on YouTube, so smash that like button. You can also find all our episodes on our website at thewholetestament.com. We'll see you next time.
can't hit this. <laughs> it causes that to go. <laughs> so. Can we just say that I don't like that I'm in this low chair? This is how David oh. Letterman would do it. I know. And he, Jay Leno, they always made their guests lower.